Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dagger. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. Um, by the time you guys are hearing this, you already know who won the Super Bowl. Don't ruin it for us. But outside of that, uh, <laughs> um, if you missed it already, make sure you go look at our uh, Super Bowl show a couple weeks ago. I'm guessing we were dead on accurate because, you know, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we're paying the big bucks for, Mike. Um, but this week, guys, we got a lot of stuff to go through. We're going to talk the Brian Flores situation. I'm going to put Mike on the QB carousel. I mean, he's going to tell me what premier quarterback is playing for what team next season. He has no idea. I just threw this at him right now, and he is, well, he lets me be real. He's not happy with me, but it's okay. No. <laughs> um, we've also got the NBA trade deadline. Yes, the Pistons made some moves. The LA Lakers did not, much to the chagrin of Michael Merkel. And we're also talking both NXT Vengeance Day and WWE's Elimination Chamber, the last couple of big shows for WWE before WrestleMania. So lots to go over this week, guys. Um, now that the NFL season is officially uh, done, we're going to go next week is our official kickoff to our mock draft extravaganza. So every week going forward until the draft, we will have a mock draft to go over, um, not just for your Detroit Lions, but just, you know, kind of the highlights, some of the big names going through here. Um, it'll vary between two, three, four round, you know, drafts. After that, it kind of gets a little bit grainy. So but so stick around for that next week. But, Mike, let's just jump right in here. Um I believe all the head coaching spots are filled at this point, right? Texans hired Lovey Smith. Wow. Um, you know, the Saints hired Dennis Allen. Uh, we know Minnesota is going to wind up hiring uh, Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator from the Rams. Um, Mike McDonald, right, is his name? For, I think it's Kevin O'Connell. No, no, Kevin O'Connell is is for is from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Who's the guy that got hired by Miami? What's his name? Uh, oh, Mike McDonald. Mike yeah. McDonald. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, he got tired. He was the offensive coordinator um, for the San Francisco 49ers. He is the new Miami Dolphins head coach. Um, but Brian Flores no is not, you know, just not going to get a head coaching job the, this hiring cycle. Oh, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Mike, See, I knew it was. I knew Mike was McDonald the, is the yeah. Michigan defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was now the yeah. Baltimore Ravens defensive yeah. coordinator. Yes. But, fine. Uh, but anyway, um, so, you know, we got wind of this a couple weeks ago, obviously, right? And this has been talked about to death, but I do think it's important we brought it up. I didn't want to bring it up, you know, during Super Bowl week and all that stuff because, you know, it kind of takes away from that a little bit. But, you know, basically to surmise the the lawsuit, it's the, the problem with this lawsuit a little bit is that it's kind of two different things mm -hmm. at the same time. The first thing is the um, the uh, insinuation that the NFL is basically um, – you know, following the Rooney rule just because they have to, and they're not giving minority candidates um, a legitimate chance to interview like some others are. Um, and then the second part of that is insinuating that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, actively encouraged him to tank football games to get into better traffic and to break tampering rules to talk to a major name quarterback in order to get them to Miami. What quarterback that was? No idea. But point being, so lots of. Lots of throwing stones here, right? And the mm. reason for this, right, the way it started was Brian Flores gets a text from <laughs> Bill Belichick saying, congratulations, it looks like you're going to get the Giants job. And he goes, wait, coach, are you talking to me or are you talking to Brian Dable? He goes, oh, crap, I really messed this up. Uh, I was talking to Brian. I thought I was talking to Brian Dable. Sorry, I think that's who they're going with. Uh, good luck, blah, blah, blah. And that's before Brian Flores had a chance to even interview with mm -hmm. the New York Giants. 
Um, then it comes out later that he had an interview a couple years ago before he got the Miami Dolphins head coaching job uh, with the Denver Broncos. And the Bronco, he said the Broncos looked disheveled. They looked like they'd been drinking out the night before. Um, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, now, Hugh Jackson, former uh, head coach of the 0-17 Cleveland Browns, uh, he's come out and also said similar things where he, you know, he was offered money to, to tank games and all that good stuff, and he didn't get a fair shake in Oakland. Lots of stuff kind of coming out of the woodwork. Terrell Austin coming out and saying that the Lions basically did a token interview for him when they fired Jim Caldwell because mm-hmm. he was a, because he's a black person. But I don't really think that really tra- tracks because Winston Moss was also interviewed by the Lions before they hired Patricia, mm-hmm. and he's also a minority candidate. But I digress. But anyway. Um, Thoughts, though, Mike, on your perspective, you know, this is something that we're not going to see play out a ton in television until, you know, we get legally, you know, kind of going here. But um, thoughts on when you saw this come out, I thought it was hilarious that Belichick, of all people, is the one who kind of like, you know, opens that can of worms. You go, ooh, my bad. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But this is, you know, if this proves to be true, this is going to really, really shake the NFL a Mm -hmm. lot, especially with the the whole paying people to lose games type of scenario. Yeah. The, the paying people to lose games to me is the, not the, you can't say more egregious one. That's like tougher for me to swallow than, because I, I always look at like, no one is going to purposely not hire someone if they think they're the right fit for your team. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's like, Oh, cause you're a minority. I'm just yep. not going to hire you. Right. I think, you know, when you're a billion dollar company, yeah. you want to go and try to win these right. games, the Super Bowls, whatever. The insinuation basically from Brian Flores is camp. And, and, and right now, I mean, there is some proof in that pudding, right? Right yeah. now there's two black head coaches in the NFL. Now the guy who just got hired by Miami, I think is half, uh, but mm-hmm. Lovey Smith yes. and, and Mike Tomlin, right? Those yeah. are the only two, um, you know, I guess Robert Sala, I guess would count too. Yes. Uh, but the the reality of it is basically in they're saying is that some owners because there are no minority majority owners in the nfl either right it's the it's the appearance of well you don't look like me Mm -hmm. therefore i don't feel comfortable around you whether that's the case or not is yet to be proven but that's where they're coming from. yes you know i I know where they're coming from but at the same time i don't i don't think a lot of places are going around going oh like yeah. like if they really thought brian flores was the best person for the job yeah i think they would hire brian mm-hmm. flores i think it's just the same thing with eric Bieniemy. like yeah. it comes out that he does not interview well mm-hmm. and like people don't like him because well, he of may the not stuff be he comes kansas out. city next year he's yeah. meeting with andy reed this week to talk about whether or not he's going to stay in kansas exactly city, and like crazy. and you can't say yeah. it. like like that's the thing it's like if you don't interview well and then you're yeah. losing your job with the best quarterback and best receiver and yeah. all this stuff and mm-hmm. like it's like are you really doing well as an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. can you do well as a head coach right. and that's like the big one to me that's going around normally also yeah but the the one of the tanking games yeah. is very interesting to me yeah because i would look at miami and they were one in eight yeah. at one point this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and i was like if like the lions were like the lions were one in eight yeah. at one point yeah. and i'm not going i'm not going to be like well go out there and just go try to win nine straight games because yeah. you're not really going to go anywhere in that no. sense like my brain shoots to once you hit a point where you're so far out of playoff contention Mm -hmm. you probably should try to lose i don't know if you should ever say it but like i think there's like in the back of your mind you're like maybe we don't 
try to win. Right. And so to me, I know they were, they incentivized money. To, they were like, oh, right. we'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars for this game per, per loss. loss or whatever. Yeah. And like that's not good. But also, I don't think tanking is also the worst thing in the yeah. world. So that one. Yeah, and that's the interesting track. part of it, right? Is that we coming out of the woodwork out of this, right? There's been a lot of things. Number one, it's like, well, you know. It, you know, this has already kind of been a thing, right? Yeah. And not, the NFL is going to do its due diligence. And legally, now that it's being front, not just by the NFL, but like other people, unbiased mm-hmm. parties are going to get brought into here. It's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. The tanking thing, though, I think is taken on a life of its own because now you got people coming out of the woodwork and saying, well, they should have a draft lottery and they should have all these yeah. other things. And it's like, as a Detroit fan who has had to sit through lotteries like that, where the Red Wings were the worst team in hockey by a large margin, and they got picked four. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. a playoff team got the number one pick. That just goes to show you how bad lotteries can be, yeah. and it's not the right solution. I've always felt the NFL, from a competitive standpoint, is the most is is the most competitive, like mm-hmm. straight up, right? Like there are teams every year that go two and fifteen, mm-hmm. right? That's that's just going to happen. But we've also seen, a la the Cincinnati Bengals, win four games, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It, it can happen just that fast. Um, to your point, though, Mike, I don't necessarily think tanking is bad. If anybody from the Lions organization would have just came out and said, we're going to tank the season, I don't think any fan, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye and said, oh, no, that's not a good idea. Yeah, like I think that the one year where the Lions were, what was it, like 2-5-1, yeah. and, yeah. and then Stafford got hurt, got hurt. And it was like, he could come back, yeah. and you could still try to win games. It was like... At that point, I'm like, there's no reason yeah. to risk injury mm-hmm. to come back to go six, seven wins right. and maybe, maybe sneak in a yeah. six seed to right. get blown out. Like at that point, I'm like, I think there's there's point to tank. Mm-hmm. And also, I think another thing that's interesting is so when you read through the uh, the big like it was like a 50 page dossier yeah. of the oh article or whatever. Yeah, crazy. But for Lions fans, it was highlighted that like Jim Caldwell, his time in Detroit was like highlighted yeah. in like an example right. of it. And I thought that was interesting because I think, like, maybe league-wide, people would be like, oh, when you look at, like, oh, you're 11, 5, 7, 9, 9, 7, 9, 7, then you get fired. And it's like, oh, see, there's a perfect example. Right. But I think people in Detroit look at that slightly different yes. because we saw that there was a ceiling that you could get to. Yeah. And that's why he wasn't here and, anymore. And, and that's a great – and I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I think that's a perfect example of – and look, let's look at Brian Flores even, right? Yeah. He was 24-26 and 26 in three seasons, okay? Now, last two seasons, they've been above 500, right? First season, they kind of had a you know rough go. And that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? You don't have a quarterback or nothing yeah. like that, whatever. Um so yeah, they start out one and eight, wins nine. They what are they nine and eight? I think they yeah, they were eight, yeah. Okay, right. But at the end of the day, he's twenty four and twenty six. Now, I don't want the thing that gets a little bit sketchy about this is, and like I said, there there could very well be a legitimate argument that Brian Flores has, and I'm not saying there is or isn't. But when you look at situations like the Lions had with Jim Caldwell, like they had with Brian Flores, I, I don't necessarily know if it's a black white thing as much as it's maybe just a bad organizational structure thing like miami hasn't won in years Mm -hmm. miami's a terrible franchise they are they're just just bad they're just not good right um and now yeah you go nine and eight but similar to what the lions were going through right where you're nine and seven the the edict was not well caldwell's a bad coach therefore and we're losing a bunch of games the edict the edict was he's not winning past a certain point Mm -hmm. and we want to win championships now Hiring Matt Patricia, clearly a massive, massive step back. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. I don't think anybody in the world will argue that. However, 
if Matt Patricia won 11 games his first year or 12 games his first year, they won the division and they won a playoff game. Would Matt Patricia still be the head coach of the Detroit Lions right now? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Yeah. It's that simple, right? It comes down to wins and losses. And at the end of the day, being average is not good enough. And I know that some people are like, oh, he went 9-7 and seven in Detroit. Okay, great. But when does in Detroit be, start not being a bad thing? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the whole point of this situation, right, mm-hmm. is – Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year, not because he's a white guy, but because he actively took a Cleveland roster team that just two years before that couldn't win five games, and now he made Baker look credible. He mm-hmm. made the, you know what I mean? You're a yeah. play away from going to the AFC title game. I just, I think it's going to be very difficult. Now, this giant situation where they've already decided, that I think is more of what's pressing here, is the fact that you have teams... And I think the Lions, I think a little bit could be accused of this a little bit in the Matt Patricia thing a little bit, quite frankly, in thinking we kind of already know who our guy is, but we're going to interview five or six people anyway. I think that's a big red flag that the NFL is going to have to change in the sense of, okay, the Giants are like, we want Brian Dable as our head coach. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a formality than it was a actual, you know, interview process. I think that is more of the slippery slope where the NFL is going to have to nip some things in the butt rather than necessarily um, who they're interviewing, I guess. I I know. The hard part about that, though, is like every industry in the world Mm -hmm. does that to an extent where it's like when someone gets let go – the higher ups are already like, okay, so who who yeah, who, who, yeah, who, do who, who do we want? Right, who right. could we get? And like Brian Dable, I, I've been saying for like three years. We thought he was gonna be the Chargers. Coach I thought he was gonna be the Chargers coach last year. And like two years ago, when he was developing Josh Allen. I was like, yo, he's yeah. he should be a head coach sooner rather than later. Right. So like I was like, yeah, he should be number one on everyone's board. I thought you should. I thought he should have been the number one person on just about every single board yeah. in the NFL going in yeah. outside of like maybe the Saints, mm-hmm. only because the Saints are like. We're not anywhere near because we're ninety million dollars in cap right. space hell. Right, right. But other than that, like <laughs> everyone, yeah, Allen, dude. yeah. <laughs> everyone else though is like, yeah. if we're any resemblance of good, yeah. Brian Dable could probably take us over the top. Mm-hmm. So like the idea that like the Giants didn't want Brian Flores, I thought it was just more of they just really wanted Brian. Yeah, Dable. and I think, but I think the problem going in is that if if he is the only minority candidate they're going to interview, mm-hmm. but they've already made a decision. If I'm Brian Flores, I go, well, then I, you're just interviewing me because I'm a black person. And that's where that yeah, comes down into it, it right? That's that's the problem at, yeah. at its core, right, is that are you interviewing me because you think I'm a qualified candidate mm-hmm. rather than are you interviewing me because you have to interview me? And I think yeah. that is where the, the issue comes in, right, is that – and that's why I don't like it when the Lions specifically are brought into this when it comes to the transition between Patricia and Caldwell. Now, they may well may have already known that Patricia was going to be their guy. But, I, I think but they also interviewed they interviewed Jim Bob Cooter, their offense coordinator, and Terrell Austin, their defensive coordinator, before they did anything. They interviewed Winston Moss, mm. who was the assistant head coach for Green Bay. He's also a minority candidate. They interviewed more than one. To, well, you know what I mean? So it yeah. didn't feel like they interviewed Mike Vrabel. He was in the, running at one point to be their head coach, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not defending the Lions specifically because of the, they're my team, but more just like I, the process, I don't think necessarily is as cut and dry as, well, we don't, well, we just fired a black guy. So that means we got to hire, we're going to hire a white guy because we think that means something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily think that's an inherent intrinsic value. I think the NFL is built on relationships and I think that when Bob Quinn got the job here, he went, my buddy's Matt Patricia, and I think he's a hell of a football coach. Mm-hmm. When I have the first opportunity where I think that we he can take us to the next level, 
Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say going like going into that Super Bowl against uh, yeah the the Patriots or against the the Eagles Eagles, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like before the game, everyone was like, "So here's here's the head coach." Yeah, like it was already like it was done. It was like done and deal. Like he's coming. He's coming here. Yeah. So like, and that was before. And Brian Flores was the year after that or whatever when he got hired in Miami. I was like, Brian Flores is gonna be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. it's it's just set in stone already. So that that's why I'm just like yeah. I think it's an yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of dynamic. Um, the tanking thing is interesting. The NFL does have the power to basically just kick owners out of the league if they want to. Um, that I think is going to have more legs at the end of it. That's why it's kind of hard because when you when you take a buckshot approach like this, where you're just kind of shooting your shot at everything and all mm-hmm. at the same time, I think it kind of gets murky, mm-hmm. right? And so I think if his if his intention and his goal was to talk about the fact that he feels that there is systemic racism in in the NFL, you know, knowing the NFL is primarily played by, you know, black athletes or minority athletes, right? Um, to then also then include, well, you're paying me to tank. Those are two very different issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like I wish I wish he would have kind of filed two separate things. Yeah. You know what I mean? When like I'm filing one lawsuit because I feel like I, as a minority candidate, am not getting a fair shake. And the only reason why I'm getting an interview is because the NFL is telling clubs that we have to. And then there's another one saying, oh, by the way, I also feel like I was set up to fail by ownership because I did not tank and I didn't accept a bribe, basically, Mm -hmm. from NFL ownership, which is the reason why I was fired, Mm -hmm. right? I think those are two very different things you know what i mean yeah. that i think need to be and i, I think it, in my opinion i think one is he has a very strong i think yeah the, the coaching hiring process yeah is one that he has a very strong chance of winning mm-hmm. i think the the tanking yeah one i think is very less likely yeah to win yeah i think there's going to be because i think because i think yeah I, yeah I think there'll be changes regardless mm-hmm. but and i hope they don't and, and, but like to your point though on, in, in all honesty i understand why the league would not want tanking to happen right yes because on the surface if the lions came out and said we're going to tank as a fan i go oh yeah it makes total sense but as a nfl as a as the league you go why the hell would you say that because now you're telling me that this time slot this game that fox is paying for yeah is now useless that's mm-hmm. terrible that's terrible business yeah right but if you watched any Lions game, you could tell they cut all their good, all their, I'm going to say good in quotes, because let's be real, but like they cut anybody with any sort of name value that they knew wasn't going to help them long term. Yeah. Desmond Trufant, Jamie Collins, Jesse James. Um, I mean, they even cut their back a quarterback, Dick Cappy, yeah. right? They did everything they could basically to go, listen, we need as many young guys to play as possible, mm-hmm. knowing we're not going to be a good yeah. football team. I, I also, I just look at the NFL because, so the NBA is There's slate, so much parody around Yeah, the but the, the NBA is different too because, so yeah. I watch the NBA and the NFL. The NBA is weird because like, the NFL, all their games are basically on one day. Yeah. Like, it's all on Sundays. Yeah. You got one choice game on Monday, one choice game on Thursday or whatever. Right. But it's practically all on Sunday. The NBA is like every single day. So when a team's like, I'm tanking, the NBA might have like one game on Tuesday night. Right. It might be on TNT. And if the Sixers are like, yeah, we're tanking. Yeah. It's like, okay, then there's no point to watch that game. So TNT's right. numbers go down. Right. In the NFL on Sunday, if, you were, if the Lions came out, they were like, we're tanking. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, we just go right. watch, let's and, go and watch the Eagles-Cowboys game. To the point of your, also, to your point, though, and if you're in a specific geographical area, that's the only game you get. Yes. Right? Like, you have CBS and you have Fox. Not everyone's got all the streaming services, right? So, theoretically, right, 
Like if you have basic cable, you get CBS and Fox. Mm-hmm. So you're you're flipping between two games: Lions versus Bears, and you've got Chiefs Char- and Bills. Yeah, Chiefs Bills, and you go. And the Lions have come out and say tanking. Now nobody is watching that game. Yes. Nobody has access to any of your other games that are playing. Yeah. I can't go watch Green Bay versus Rams because it's not available to me yeah. in my area. So if you're the NFL, you're like, we can't have that happen explicitly. But as we were talking pre-show, even if a team like the Lions, who actively went out and said, we're going to retool, right? Whatever. Yeah. They were still competitive. They, they, I think they had two games that really got away from them. The Cincinnati game and the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not Cincinnati. Oh, three games, actually. And Seattle. Yeah. But overall, they lost six games by less than a touchdown, mm-hmm. right? They wound up winning, what, three games this year, right? Minnesota, Green Bay, and Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. And tied you, one. Yeah, and you tied one. and you, So you backed into wins, yeah. right? Like So it's, it's one of those things where the NFL, I think there is more parity in this league than there is anywhere else. And, and we talked about before, the NFL – the NBA, Major League Baseball, to an extent, not as much, but like especially the NBA and NFL, it's not based on the league. Mm-hmm. It's not even based on the the team. It's based on the players. Mm-hmm. You know, a perfect example of that is LeBron James. And nobody is watching Cleveland Cavalier games even now, even though they're one of the best teams in the East. No one's watching Cleveland games. Just not. Not mm-hmm. until the playoffs happen. But if LeBron was there, they'd be on prime time TNT. Once a week, mm-hmm. bar none, right? It's all about players, and it's all yeah. about. It's reason why teams go to the Lakers and teams like that is because they want to highlight these cities that make more money for the league, right? But it's always about the players. Yeah, it's and a it's, star-driven league, and that's why when you look at all the um, primetime games for the NFL, mm-hmm. if you have to put Jacksonville on, you yeah. do Jacksonville versus the Jets because you get Zach Wilson versus Trevor right. Lawrence, you or you have get guys that are. Potentially going to be future stars in this league, and but you know what you don't do? You don't put them on Monday night. You put them on Thursday night. Yeah, because there's nothing else on on a Thursday, and you yeah. know you're gonna watch. This yeah, exactly. Game it's and, the and you go, okay, the yeah. Lions are gonna play Monday night this week. Who are we gonna? Oh, we're well, gonna put against the Packers yeah, because it's a big divisional rival game. Exactly. Thanksgiving for the last three yeah. years. There's always a storyline. Yeah, always. Yeah, the last yeah. three years on Thanksgiving, we played the Bears and Vikings. Yeah. Why? Because they're divisional rivals. Because exactly. the Lions aren't very good, but you'll watch because they're divisional rivals. So the exactly. NFL knows how to schedule. So if they're if they Roger have to Goodell, best booker in the, league, yeah. in the world man yeah if they have to, if they have to schedule a bad team somewhere there's they'll sk- a there's a reason why or a yeah. story that goes Jets into them versus jags number one pick versus number, number two, two pick. pick both quarterbacks faces yeah. of the franchise it's once again star driven or if they have to do a sunday or monday night game with the jags you go all right jags cincinnati number okay. one pick they had a college game that was right. crazy blah, 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 blah. versus clemson round two round that two yeah and yeah. they and they market it well and everything yep. so yeah uh, that's why even the bad teams yeah look can be highlighted highlighted. yeah it can be highlighted right and can be once again it's always goes back to that point accentuate the positives hide the negatives right and so you know jacksville's a bad team you know they're not very good you know trevor lawrence is struggling but at the same time okay young team want to see him right he's the number one pick Mm -hmm. he's the number one pick he's the future of the jacksonville jaguars i want to watch i want to tune in for that so I don't think that changing the way the NFL does business from that perspective does any good for anybody. Now, mm. paying is a whole nother story, but at the same time, I have a kind of a feeling that they already kind of know about it, low-key, and they're just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't make it blatantly obvious. Because yeah. you know teams go through retools. You know mm. what I mean? We're going to see teams like, you know, like maybe Minnesota takes that, finally takes that dive, right? Mm. Atlanta should be taking that dive, right? Yeah. There are just certain teams that are like, 
let's just embrace it and be done with it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the NFL is never, they don't have enough games. And they also, the, the, it, there is still, you're still going to find some sort of talent. You still have to sell tickets at the end of the day to make it worthwhile for people to go out there. So you're never just going to see a team of a bunch of nobodies. I mean, even the Lions. Okay, we got Jared Goff. We've got DeAndre Swift. We've got TJ. There's always guys you can mm-hmm. build around. That's at the end of the day. Um, all right, let's let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's go to this QB carousel thing because there's a lot of news coming out recently, okay, about some guys. Now, this isn't a huge one. I'm not going to go through like 15 guys, but I think there's a few that are very interesting that I want to talk about, okay, because, you know, as we talked at nauseum last year about Stafford leaving and what does that mean and, you know, mm-hmm. where the line's at, we still don't really know, but – you know, now we're getting the situation where there are more quarterbacks than ever before that we that could be potentially on the move. So I'm going to name the guy. You tell me where they're playing next year and why. Okay. 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 Start this off. Let's start this off. I guess easy. I don't know. Maybe depending on reports. I don't know. Um, Go. Derek Carr. Oh God. <laughs> That was a tough one. I, I, I had like three other quarterbacks in mind. Um, I got four in mind that I'm thinking of right now. Okay. I only have four. Derek Carr will be a uh, – uh, he'll be a Raider next year. I think he's going to be a Raider as well. I, yeah. think he, I think McDaniel's coming in. He's an offensive guy. Yeah, he'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, I think I think, I think think McDaniel's is actually going to be low-key successful there. Yeah. And I think See, there's, like, there's some places that need a quarterback but are definitely going to draft a quarterback. So yeah. I have to like take that into consideration yeah. okay. too. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Uh, he, well, he's definitely getting traded. There's yeah. like no doubt about that. He will go to. We're hearing reports that Miami's out of him now. Yeah, maybe in on him. We're hearing reports now that Tampa is interested in possibly trading for him because they're like, you know, blah blah blah. I I, I would love to see him go. It would be really funny if he went to Tampa just for Brady to go out of retirement. It would be hysterical. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll go to Tampa. He's gonna get I, I think I think Tampa will go. Like, listen, we still we still got to go all in. Yeah, we we're still going all in because they have a whole bunch of guys yeah. and they re-signed their whole Super Bowl roster, yeah. so they got like two years left of those. So. Okay, so we'll go Tampa. And Bruce Arians is older; yeah. he's getting up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I got three more. Okay. Three, 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 three more. more total. Okay. Three more. Tom Brady. You think he comes back, or you think he's you think he's um, gonna sit out? Well, I think he sits out this year. Okay. At the very least, okay. He sits out. I think year. if he okay. does anything, he might come back next year. But he okay. sits out this year. All right. Aaron Rodgers. All right. So this one is a he should go somewhere. He'll probably go somewhere else. Okay. Should go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because Pittsburgh has Mike Tomlin is one of the three best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. And, and he's never close. Had that. And he's never had and he's that. never had that. Offensively, you got a great running game, a good offensive line, and some star receivers out there. Defense is crazy. That literally defense could carry you to nine wins by themselves, as shown. Okay. Now where he probably now where he probably will end up going is probably like Denver. Yeah. Which yeah. is still not that bad. No. But playing in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert's division is just not going to be fun for the next three years. I'm wondering if he thinks about that too. Like, I think the egotistical part of him is like, yeah, I'm going to go there because I'm going to win that division and then we're going to, I'm going to prove that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and, AFC. And, and that's very he, true. But if he goes, but that's the thing too. It's weird because even if he went to Pittsburgh, okay, you still got Lamar. I'm going to take Cleveland out of this. But then you got Joey B. You're like, yeah, Woo. yeah. It's not, it's not easy, the, but it's yeah. definitely much easier than yeah. having to go through the Chiefs twice. Yeah, especially because the Pittsburgh roster is much better at this second than yeah. Denver's roster. Yeah. Okay, last one. Russell 
Bartholomew. <laughs> Wilson. My favorite, my favorite man. Yeah. Uh, he will stay in Seattle. Really? Because I don't think he moves. Okay. Because there's reports out there that Tampa's also looking to maybe trade for him if yeah. they can't figure out. And, you know, you still have, like, the Giants, the Saints. Yeah, so, a lot of people that – I don't know how the Saints can be in any conversation with anybody ever. They don't have any money. Yeah. But, like, outside of – I think the Saints out. a lot of people but... that think that he is very readily available because of the fact that Seattle right now, looking at it, looks far away. They look yes. far away. I, I agree with that. If, yeah. if I said he had to go somewhere. In a division, too, that's pretty freaking stacked. Um, I would say he would probably go to, like, I think, like, if he went to Miami, yeah, it would be a good fit for him. Um, that's really the only team I could think of. Because okay. I, I don't think the Giants are anywhere close. No. Um, but he, but he, it's one of those teams that he would be, is op- said yeah. openly that he would be, might want to go to. Washington would be interesting, but I think Washington would be better off with, like, Kenny Pickett. Washington needs to get a quarterback. Yes, desperately. But I think I think like they'd be cool with a Kenny Pickett, Malik yeah. Willis. They said there. they're going to be in on all the quarterbacks. They said they're going to try to fix that position this yeah. year. What they should have done last year, but yeah. it's fine. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about this though as well. I want to ask you about these comments about Russell. I know this is complete sidebar, but I just want to get your opinion okay. because I feel like you would have been triggered like I would if this was Stafford. Um, Ryan Clark, Ryan okay, Clark. former safety, right, of the yeah. NFL and Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. came out and said <laughs> that Russell Wilson is quote unquote not that good. <laughs> Now, the way this conversation kind of filtered out, right, was basically him uh, – the, they were doing like, you know, kind of what we just did, right, like proposed trade, that yeah, type yeah. of Like I've seen trades where Chicago trades like eight picks, Roquan Smith, all for Russell Wilson. I'm like, okay, well, you can't mortgage and Justin Fields for, for Russell Wilson. You, I've you seen that too. Yeah, and you well, – that's just yeah, – it's ridiculous, right? Um, He's not that good. No, nobody is. Like, like nobody Watson, is. I think – Potentially, depending on like a physical and like how he could look, could probably get the most in a haul. Yeah. Or Rod- Ryan younger. Rogers would get a yeah, haul, yeah, but like right. other than those two guys, no one else is getting more than like two or yeah. three first round picks. Right. Like, but anyway, um, so and the logic was basically right. He goes, he knows, he they finished last in the division this year. He didn't play very well the second half of the season. He's hasn't won anything of any sort of substantial since the Legion of Boom. And that he's just overall, he's just, he's just okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, I was, I, 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 seen... I, I, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was my first take. Yeah. Of it. Now we have talked before, and I think you, as an as an objective party, I think are very good at this. When you're like, listen, there are time, and I think we've both kind of come to that where you'll there are games Russell Wilson has for a six game stretch where he throws 25 touchdowns, and you go, no one can stop this guy. And then there's stretches where he goes, you know, four and six, and you go, I don't understand what the hell's happening. Yeah, you know, um, but to say that Russell Wilson's not that good, mm-hmm. I think is. A very large overreaction to get people like us talking about it. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think not that good. I think is is, is very false. I would also say though that like top three quarterback in the league is also yeah, a false statement either. Right like I I would say like yeah. Um, he's not at that point now, and he did it for like three or four years, but yeah. he's not at that point now where he's just going to by himself. Just be like, here's 50 touchdowns and six picks, and I'm just going to lead you to 11 wins. He's not really going to do that anymore. No. Um, 
he can do it in spurts. Like we said, four games, right. he gave you four straight, four touchdown, no pick yeah, games, go, and you go, that's crap. crazy. Yeah. But he's not going to – and no one sustains that for a whole no, year. No. Rodgers doesn't sustain it for a whole year. Nobody no, does. Nobody does. Mahomes no. went seven games where he was three and four. So, yeah, like, exactly. everyone has, like, Absolutely. rough stretches. For sure. Um, well, Mahomes, this entire playoffs, by the way, it did not look good. No. Take the comeback out of it. Let's, let's take yeah. that part out of it. Look at it. Look at the game. Yeah, he watch not, the games. He was not great. He was not very good. No. Um, but I think it's just I think when you when you have to over-centralize and have to be like the guy when you know you don't have a good defense and you're like okay now I'm forced to put Your myself in not very good yeah, yeah. my offensive line's not very good I have good receivers I have a I don't have a running basically what Russell Wilson has is no running game a bad offensive line and a bad defense and he has a couple good receivers and wow. and I think he plays well under that. So yeah. that's why like and that's always why I said with like guys like Stafford and stuff yeah. where I go he's like a top ten quarterback. I just wouldn't put him in like the top five right now no. because I don't see. I I look at a guy like Joe Burrow mm-hmm. with not very good offensive line, an okay defense, and good receivers, mm-hmm. and he carries them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like on his back, he goes here we go ride with me i'm yeah. taking you to a super bowl russell wilson today won't be doing that no like he needs more than that yeah. so right now i would probably put joe burrow slightly above him yeah but it doesn't undermine that yeah. he's a top seven I just, quarterback i just wanted it's to get your take on it because i didn't know if you saw it and i almost no. texted you about it this week i was like dude you're gonna watch this video and you're gonna be like, <laughs> you're like dude i'm gonna fight this guy i yeah. just thought it was interesting I was like, no i wouldn't i wouldn't fight him not but that it's not, good is not a fair assessment not don't, that don't good put, don't put him in a in a cat not that good is Jared Goff territory. Yeah. We're like, he's okay, but he's not that good. Yeah. You know, he's not awful. He's not great. He's just not that good. Yeah. You know I'm, I mean? like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's like, ah, he's a serviceable quarterback. Yeah, like, I'm he's like, fine. I'm like, really? And, and I'm like, there yeah. are games where he shows up well, but Russell Wilson has had to carry the Seattle Seahawks brand. If, if Russell Wilson was not the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Pete Carroll would have gotten fired four years ago. Yes. And it's not even close. Yes. It's just the reality. I mean, Russell right? Wilson has not had a losing season up till this yeah. year where right. he missed four games. Right. Like, that, I like, just that's thought, just kind of how it is. I, just, I, I was like, that was funny. I was like, yeah. that's interesting. Um, I, was like, I, I just find it interesting when you have the best quarterback in football, best two quarterbacks in football, and when their defense or special teams doesn't show up for a game mm-hmm. and then they lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens. That's in the my NFL. point. That's always been my point though, right? And we've talked about this at nauseum where it is a team yeah. game at the end of the day. It's a team I game. think there are very few guys I think Joe Burrow's put on a run that's like yeah. very unlike a lot of people yeah. where I think he's put a team But he also needed his defense to not let the Chiefs score to give him the ability yeah, to, give him the to come ability back. To come back. You know but I mean? think he is also yeah. yeah, like he also he does can't enough. afford to have three points in the first half consistently and then come out and score twenty unanswered. Yeah. Like that's not his Yeah, that's not but the formula. The fact that he had one like to your point though, right? The fact that he got them back into that game is very much okay, yeah, Joey B, go for it. Yeah. But he needed his defense also to keep the Chiefs contained long enough to let him do his thing. Yeah. And exactly. it's and it's a marriage that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers didn't win a Super Bowl in 2010 with nobody on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had Hall of Famers on that defense, right? So like it's and that's the thing I've always that's the argument I've always had is that we always talk about how great X person is or this quarterback or this person is, but even the greatest of all time Tom Brady had Hall of Famers on the other side of the ball for him. Yeah. It just it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't win Super Bowls and you beat Peyton Manning three straight years in the AFC title game without Ty Law being a beast, without Richard Seymour being a beast. I was gonna say he he wasn't you know I mean? he was even on the field for yeah. four of his Super Bowl wins in the last play. Right. 
Yeah. He had three kickers yeah. right. and a defensive player, yeah. and he had a defensive player yeah. win three or four of his Super Bowls for right. him, basically. Exactly. Now he put him in position. He put him in position. And they don't get there without him, but, but he needs a team. Yeah, but he it's needs always the kicker a kicker to— Exactly. If he had, if he had, who's like what well, a very inconsistent kicker. If he had Mike Vanderjack, yeah, Mike, Mike Vanderjack, Vanderjack, that yeah. that that Vikings kicker who missed oh that wide God. left kick or whatever, or Walsh, what, yeah, Blair Walsh. Like oh if he God. had him, they Ooh. might not. He might not have won three in four years. Or yeah, he might have only won two or yeah. one, or maybe he doesn't win. Maybe they don't win that Rams one. Yeah, and the whole thing, thing just falls is apart, right? So my, the point is, is that, and I, and I agree with you, right? Is that. You you can take quarterbacks and put them in a silo and compare them, and you go, well, this guy, this guy, this guy. But as we both know, the stats tell one thing. Watching games tells another thing, and it's a marriage between the two and understanding where you're at, what your situation is, and understanding that. Like if Russell Wilson today went and played for Pittsburgh, and you go, they have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. Straight up, they do. If he went to if he went to Denver even, or you know what I mean? Like if he went to New York, I bet New York probably wins the division. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, Super Bowl, I don't think so. But point being is that guys like him who maybe can't get it done, quote, unquote, by themselves anymore, it's not a knock. and It's just more like he did that, and yeah. it didn't get him very far. So maybe let's give him something. Let's give him some help. Rodgers needs help. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but when you target Devontae Adams 85, 60, you know, 900 times in one game mm-hmm. and nobody else, what do you think that means? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't. Come on, like let's not, let's not be ridiculous yeah. here. So Mahomes only throws the ball to two people. No kidding. It's exactly. crazy. To me. You know why they keep rolling two second receivers because they never get the ball. Yeah. It's it's Tyreek and Kelsey. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. It's just it's just a thing. Anyway, all right. Let's talk NBA trade deadline. Um. Let's let's talk Pistons first. Uh, before we get to the sexiness, because you know that's what we care about here question mark anyway um yeah, do we <laughs> yeah uh i do m- is it marvin is it that's marvin marvin bagley. marvin bagley right former second overall pick to the sacktown kings are not he is now a detroit piston i think he's supposed to make his debut the day you're hearing this so monday i believe they have a game so i think he's i think he's playing monday yeah sure um but uh, in return, the Pistons, it was a four-team trade. Basically, the Pistons gave up Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson uh, to the Kings. To the Kings. They're both going to the Kings. Yeah. And then two second-round picks are going to the Bucks. Yes. I think. Dante DiVincenzo is going to the Kings. Bucks get picks and anybody else they, who's the other team in this the bucks the, oh the clippers the clippers the Thank bucks you, yeah. the bucks got serge ibaka bucks got serge ibaka. and you. two yes. second round picks yes the kings got divincenzo trey lyles josh jackson yeah the uh celtics no clippers clippers, clippers. got um sam ojali and another player yeah Right. And, and then the Pistons, Pistons got Marvin Bagley. Bagley. Now, yeah. we so talk about Marvin Bagley and the Pistons being tied together basically since this offseason. I mean, they've, yeah. been, they've been after his ass for ever since Troy Weaver got here, basically. Yes. So clearly, Weaver's got an affinity for this guy. Now, you know, you look at his numbers this year, they're down because he's kind of been out of the rotation. I actually love this move for Detroit. I think it's a, I think it's a low risk, high reward, and you gave up basically nothing yeah so his and his contract so um if he doesn't if he doesn't get starting minutes yeah, right. and i think technically he has to play like a whole 36 or 38 minutes every single game for the rest of the year to because qualify for the playing right for, now, yeah right. for to qualify for the starting minutes or he has to start like 40 something yeah, games right, or something exactly yep uh, he's only so his club option would then be like 7.2 million instead of 14.8 right so which would be Awesome if you just use them off the bench this year. It would be phenomenal. Pistons going on the offseason, too, have the most cap space in the NBA, by the way. 
unused cap space. Yes, they I do. believe so. Yeah, they do with yeah. DeAndre Jordan seven million that they pay him this year. Yeah, so. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll use much of it anyway. This no, season, no, no, no. But, but the point is, right now, Jeremy Grant is still a piston. Yeah. You know, we we heard some reports uh, that two first round picks was kind of the the crux of the deal for most people. And now I anticipate him moving probably in the off season. You yeah. know, around draft time, right? Somebody makes a move, right? If you're if you're a team like you know, I still say Dallas would be a great fit for him. Um, a team like that where you go, okay, we need another shooter, especially because when Dallas made that trade for Kristaps, I don't get it, but that's no. fine. Um, but so Jeremy Grant for right now is a Detroit Piston. Uh, based on his comments, he said that we were told him he's not going anywhere. So I don't know what that means. Now, we've seen reports now that he could be dealt in the offseason. He also could be re-signed potentially. I think that Jeremy Grant's just too old to fit their timeline right yes. now, unfortunately. Like yeah. if he was three years younger – I think he would be right involved. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to keep Jeremy Grant. We're going to keep rolling. Yeah. But I think as he kind of approaches 30, you go, you're just a little bit off of where they want to be at compared mm-hmm. to where you're going to be at in your career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Efficiency-wise. Um, the other big trades coming out of it, right, uh, the biggest one, Ben Simmons. Go, uh, real quick, give me a grade for that trade for Detroit. Um, I'd give it like a B plus. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Because I, I would say, I mean, it's not A because Marvin Bagley isn't like the greatest no. big no. of all time out here. No. But I think it's a low, um, there's a very low chance that it really hinders you. Like yeah. it doesn't really do anything for you. It doesn't hurt you really no. at all. Right. And it's, if Marvin Bagley gives you 15 and eight, I think it only helps low you. Low flyer, high high reward. Yeah. If he can turn into a stud that he was in Kansas, yeah. then great. And if you he's not mean? good, we get a yeah. top four pick in the draft and we pick. Chet Holmgren or Paolo or any of those guys or whatever. Big, then. Listen, I'm going to come out right here and say it. I don't want a big, white, frumpy center coming to Detroit. Never right. works. Never has. Yeah. Never will. No, whoever. Uh, whoever you want to pick a top anybody four. Else. But like, anybody else. If you fine. pick If you pick nope. anybody and then you put Beef Stew at the five and you put Jabari Smith from Auburn at the four or whatever. Like, cool. You can, you can make stuff Sold. work. So. Sold. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there, though, on the yeah. B-plus grade. I think that's fair. Um, if he the, other big, the other big trade of the, of the year. The other big trade, I guess. That's the big trade of the, yeah. of the, of the I was going to say, there's, there were a couple other big <laughs> trades. but uh, The big trade, Ben Simmons and uh, Seth Curry and what was the other guy? Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Former guy. Piston. Yeah, <laughs> we, we I don't know him. I can't remember. Um, and two firsts. Two, and two first-round picks going to the Brooklyn Nets. In return, the 76ers are getting James Harden and Paul Millsap, who was on the block forever, basically. Yes. Um, thoughts on the move? Does this help? Brooklyn become a championship contender in your mind? Does it get them to where we? Th- I mean, I still look at the Bucks as the premier team to be in the East. Okay, yes. so I know they're on a big losing streak right now. The Nets are because KD's not playing, so that sucks. But like, what does this do for them playoff wise? Are they are they now the number two team in the East for you? Where where are you at with this? Because I don't know what to do with it. Because once again, it doesn't help the fact that they can't score. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the thing that hurts me is I yeah. still think. They're a semifinal round exit oh to either to either the Sixers. I I don't think they could beat the Sixers with the team they have really? right now. Really, because I don't think they so have. Do you think the Sixers got the better end of this right now? Yes. In, the next couple years in, in terms time. in terms of like the, this year and next year, yeah. because they got James Harden mm-hmm. and giving putting James Harden with Tobias Harris and Embiid, I think it makes for a better big three okay. than Ben Simmons, who can't shoot outside of a foot. Yeah. Literally a foot. <laughs> uh, Kyrie Irving, who can only play half the games, and KD, who's probably the second best player in basketball. Right. But even then, yeah. 
Joel Embiid guarding KD, I think, is a very good matchup for mm. a playoff standpoint. Okay. So I would put Philly slightly above. Okay. Now, do you think now who won this trade in your opinion? Right? Because now I think the Nets won the trade probably okay. because of their future assets. I think Seth Curry gives you a lot. Yeah, uh, I think he so, was. I think he was huge in this. I, I like was. Seth Curry a lot. Yeah, like I think the Nets probably won the trade long term. Yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking yeah, about a Paul Sixers Milton's old. Yeah, Harden's old. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if you're talking about a Sixers finals appearance this year or next year. Wow, that's interesting to me. Yeah, that's 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 fun. That's an interesting kind of dynamic. I mean. Because here's the thing. If you're the Nets, you're thinking, okay, this is going to, you know, we're going to be able to stop some people maybe a little bit better defensively. You could, right? Yeah, the defense is a good right. defender, right? And and so is, you know, Ben Simmons is a very good defender. Uh-huh. You know, you're improved your shooting quite a bit. I think Seth Curry is criminally underrated because he's, you know, related to the best shooter ever. Um, so that sucks. But, and, and, you know, you get these first-round picks, too. I think that helps the Nets quite a bit. I mean, but the problem is I think they're – the issue is still what it's always been is that when Kevin Durant's not on the floor, you're a bad basketball team, mm-hmm. and that's really the that's really the crux of it at the end of it. Now, do you, I think you kind of mask some of your issues defensively a little bit, maybe with with some of the people coming in, you get another shooter on the court, and now I think it helps alleviate Kyrie a little bit because mm-hmm. Kyrie can come back to being ball dominant, where yeah. him and Harden both have to be ball dominant to mm-hmm. be effective, um, but at the same time. I just don't think that they're going to be able to. They still haven't solved the problem of who's going to guard Giannis. <laughs> yes, they, they still have not found they have that. Not found that guy. Yeah, and that's that. And that's drumming the, against Giannis. We saw that. Yeah, it didn't go. That, well. That's that's the problem I have with um, still. It, and yeah. and Embiid is not a better version of Giannis. He's just a bigger version of Giannis, basically. Yeah. Um, well, he's a better three point shooter too than Giannis is. Yes, yes, and 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 be able to spread the court like that. But they don't have an answer for Embiid. Or Giannis. Like, I think Ben Simmons could probably do some good work on James Harden yes. if, if we wanted to, like, be down. fair about it. Yeah. Um, and I think James Harden, vice versa, like, Ben Simmons doesn't do anything out of two feet. So, like, Harden can't play defense anyway, so it would be fine there. But I think that Embiid-KD matchup would be very interesting because mm-hmm. I'd be like, I think Embiid could – like, yeah. Who's gonna stop and beat inside? Yeah, nobody. Drummond, right. I guess maybe. Like yeah. and that's where I look at it. So that's why I think they have a slight advantage if okay. they burst each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Brooklyn's the eight seed right now. They'd be in the play-in. So who knows? Crazy, crazy. And they don't look. If KD doesn't come back, I mean, they are two and a half games out of the seven seed. Yeah, they lost ten in a row. Haven't eleven they? in a row. Eleven in a row. Good lord. And um, they've had Kyrie. For like six of those games, yeah. So well, we both know the Celtics learned hardly hard that he can't carry yeah. a team. We know that, and that was with Jason Tatum. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk so about the. Um, is there, you know, all the other moves that happened? I think that that's the biggest one, clearly. Yes. Right. I mean, I guess that's the, the game CJ McCollum getting traded. I mean, yeah. I mean, fine. that might be like a three-year. Yeah. I, I think the the funnier thing is watching Portland Trailblazers just go, yeah, this. Well, what's, what, well, what's crazy is that they gave away everybody, but like we're committed to building around Dame, and I go, how? You yeah. just gave away his only other asset. Yeah. So it's like they gave okay. away Robert Covington and Powell too, yeah. and I was right. like, you just don't yeah. have anybody like, now. Okay. Uh, they have, I thought they were. I thought another move was coming. Yeah. I thought they were going to be in on the Simmons or the yeah. Yeah. Anthony, somebody. Yeah, I was going to say Anthony Simon is a pretty good guard yeah. that they have there, mm-hmm. but like him and Dame by themselves is like him and CJ by themselves. It's like good, yeah, but not yeah, special. It's not great either. But anyway, um, were you surprised that your Los Angeles Lakers? I'm gonna phrase that. Let me rephrase it. Were you surprised that, that my your LeBron LA LeBrons did not make a trade 
because we uh, heard some reports that maybe they were like, maybe we need to get rid of Westbrook. And then we heard a lot of reports post trade deadline that like Rob Polink is like, no, we're all on the same page. And they're like, uh, bullshit. We are not <laughs> on the same page. And, um, we are not going like, this ain't working. We're losing games left and right. LeBron's not a hundred percent. He's playing out of his mind right now. And we're still losing basketball games. Yeah. And the guy we traded all these assets for, who's taken up a good chunk of our cap doesn't play in the fourth quarter. Because we can't trust him to pass the basketball. So, are you surprised that they didn't try to do that? Like, I think the biggest winners out of this trade deadline, I think the Pistons get a get a low, like, low-hanging fruit there. I think the Nets and Sixers both, I think, think they both mutually benefit. I think Cleveland gets a lot better by getting Karis LeVert. Kind of surprised they're kind of pushing their chips in this early, but I get it. Yeah. But, like... Like the Lakers to me are a huge loser in this situation because they put themselves in a spot where they can't move much. Mm-hmm. Like attaching a 2027 20, first round pick that they don't want to part with for some stupid reason. Yet, and you can't move Westbrook now. Nobody wants that. No, Who wants no Westbrook? One. Nobody wants Westbrook. No one wants Westbrook. Um, Sacramento wants Westbrook. Do that, do I don't even. Know? I don't even know if Sacramento <laughs> would want Westbrook. Um, Washington didn't want Westbrook. They yeah. want Kristaps Porzingis. Yes, I can't. I can't believe that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I think the Lakers. Dallas is another loser, by the way. Her- terrible trade. Yeah. Terrible yeah. Trade. That was. That was crazy. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh uh, God. Um. Yeah. The Lakers to me, at this point, they're just riding to see what they can do um i don't I, think they're winning a title I, I don't think so either i don't think they're getting to the western conference finals. i depending on their matchups i don't think it's gonna be they're it's gonna have to be very favorable for them to get yeah there. so right now i mean are they they're not even in it right now are they well are they're they yeah they're in the right? play-in yeah. Yeah, yeah um if they win their so how i look at the west with how the lakers are built because i don't think there was a move that lakers could make I don't think so. That would have solved, their that I solved I anything. I don't disagree with you. Um, so I, I think that's why they didn't, because they were like, let's not mess with anything. I mean, they probably should have, but they, they were like, let's not mess I with think anything. I would have done whatever he had to to get rid of Westbrook yeah. or somebody. I think, they were, I think the only thing was like him and John Wall, and I was like, I don't think John Wall just not playing is going to help you at all. But um, Yeah, I did hear about that too, and I was like, and I was like, LeBron's like, oh, yeah, maybe John Wall. I was like, oh, you mean the guy that hasn't played in three years? Yeah, I, I, think, I think if they – I think so. Phoenix would kill them. Phoenix would decimate them <laughs> to pieces. Um, so that would not be fun. Keep going. You just, it was just so low. And low. But Phoenix would destroy Yeah, I'm looking at the standing dog. right now. Yeah. yeah, they would dog them. Um, I think Golden State, we saw on Saturday night, I think that could be a very competitive series. I'm not saying that Ooh. I think Golden State would probably beat them at the end of the day. And That's those an interesting are, one though, because they don't really have that interior presence. Exactly. Anthony if Davis Anthony Davis, LeBron. if Anthony Davis wanted to actually show up and play basketball once in a while in meaningful games, uh, he like he would be able to decimate Golden State not inside. The ball, so no. Yeah, it's not the bubble. <laughs> yeah, he's not just sitting in a hotel room and then go out and play. He actually have to travel like LeBron normal. Just staring at him. You will not suck. You will not suck. No. <laughs> and he's like, I will suck. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those oh are the two matchups you get in the first round, yeah. and I guess if you take one, you take Golden State. But either one of those are not fun. Yikes. So yeah, uh, it's an interesting one to me because I, you know, it's it's funny because you look at it and it and it's for me LeBron is getting to the point similar to the Brady thing, right? Like even when Brady was having some rough years at the end of his New England run, right mm-hmm. after they won that last ring, and like the next couple of years, you're like oh, this is just not a good offense, right? Yeah. Like Brady's really just kind of. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that's where LeBron is right now. We're like, I don't want to count him out necessarily yeah. because he's still one of the best basketball players ever. But, like, I also at the same time, I go, he's putting up, re- 
ridiculous numbers right now. Like, he is playing out of his mind. Now, mm-hmm. I know someone's like, oh, he's having the best 38-year-old or 34-year-old basketball season. And I go, okay, well, no shit. But, like, I'm just talking about this in general. Like, he yeah. is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. Triple-double average, and yet they're still losing basketball games. I go, at some point, you yeah. to be like, you know what, screw it. The, you the know? thing I'm interested in with the Lakers, and also, let's congratulate LeBron because he broke – yeah, he broke the uh, record. The Kareem record mm-hmm. for most playoff and regular season combined points yep. big, by big, any player ever. Yeah. Big news. That's and awesome. And so he's getting that. Yeah, I think next year, if he continues on this pace, which is really hard to do. Yeah, but like, well, I think, if he, I think if he averages 22. He's going to play two more years. He's going to break the record. Yeah, he'll break Kareem's single season record, which is yep. going to be which is really the big one to break yeah. as the single season record. Yeah. but uh, Or the, the regular season record, yep. I mean. Um I had a point I was going to make there too. Yeah. Oh, the late uh, about the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to come to the Pistons when Bronny gets drafted by the Pistons. And he's going to leave the Lakers because he wants to go play with the Sun. And for one fleeting season, LeBron James is going to be playing for the Detroit Pistons. And everyone's going to be like, "Oh, oh God, Charles!" And then he's going to break his leg three games <laughs> in, and he's just going to want to become the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> No, what I was saying is, uh, I think the Lakers once they hit the playoffs, yeah. if they find their eight man rotation, I think there's an eight man rotation in there mm-hmm. that's not terrible. Terrible. I think the problem is when you have to expand past that. Like, but, here's the, but do you think part of the problem with that though is that Westbrook has to be in part of your eight man rotation? Probably yes. But like, uh, like not even like joking about. No, it. it's like not joking about. Have, when you have, when one of your big three has to come off of the out of the game in the fourth quarter because he can't be trusted, mm-hmm. that's bad. Like, he's never had that before. Like, he's had bad Cleveland teams where he – Kyrie at least could have been trusted to defer, right? Yeah. Wade, Bosh, fine. Like, he always had guys that at the end of the day was like, all right, let's – what do we need to do? And they yeah. just listen to him. This dude is on a whole other planet where yeah. he's like, no, no, no. We're going to play my style of ball where I'm going to take 30 shots a game, make seven, and I'm going to have 85 rebounds and 17 assists, but we're going to lose by 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I always look at like when you look at their end game rotation, like finding like because you have LeBron AD that's always in there. If Melo gets healthy through the playoffs, I think he's good in there. Yeah, Malik Monk is playing out of his mind for some reason. Mm-hmm. They don't have that fifth guy. Like Russell Westbrook would have to probably be that fifth guy, mm-hmm. um, which that's the part that scares me because he's going to lose you two well, playoff games regardless. To, going to get another guy because he felt that Anthony Davis couldn't handle it mm-hmm. is really hurting them mm-hmm. because they could not keep the Alex Caruso's of the world on yeah. this basketball team. And those are the kind of those guys that, that come in clutch for LeBron-led championship teams. Those are the unsung heroes of yeah. those teams. Yeah, exactly. So that's why uh, there's an eight-man rotation in there that I think could work. Problem is with Westbrook there, I don't know. Just a massive he's sucker. like basically you go into a series knowing that Russell Westbrook's going to lose you a game or two, and now you have to be perfect the other five or six games to be able to have a shot in a series. And also, let's not let's we got to throw this in there too. He's not healthy right now no. LeBron's not he's not he's got knee he's got hip he's got something else I think too right yeah. going on so, yeah he's not he's not year one LeBron or year two yeah. or like even like late Cavs years where like he was still in peak physical fitness he's had more injuries as a Laker than he had in his whole rest of his career yeah and I and I think the idea of having I think like hoping that AD could be 
like a very dominant, like being like a Giannis force night in and night out Mm -hmm. is like, okay, if I have that night in and night out and I can come in here and have 18 and 10 Mm -hmm. and just give it to AD, we'd be perfectly fine. Right. The problem is AD is giving you 17 and five and you go, and he's not even playing every game. And he doesn't even (laughs) play every game. And you're like, what are you doing? You're 27 years old. You should be putting up 30 and 10 every night. And so you're getting 17 and seven and you're like, Right. Why am I putting up more than you? Well, that's the thing. The fact that he has more minutes on court than Anthony Davis does is bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. not good. It's not good. He can't. He is not going to be able to play thirty-eight minutes a night in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's it's not sustainable. Yeah. He will not if they if they somehow back their way into the finals. Giannis is going to be like, all I got to do is beat this corpse of a LeBron James because yeah. he's going to be toast. He's going to be yeah. dead because you know they're not going to sweep anybody. No. They're going to go to at least six games every series mm-hmm. at minimum. So. There's no way he's just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to just, you know, run myself into the ground. And by the way, I also have hip and knee problems. This ought to go well. I yeah. just, he's set up for failure here, and I feel bad because people are going to roast the shit out of him if they don't make it to the finals again. Yeah. Not looking at this team and going, this is not a good basketball team right now. Yeah. There's flaws in this basketball team mm-hmm. right now. So that's that's very unfortunate. It is very unfortunate, um, but it happens, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Can't wait let's for go, to be a piston in two years. Uh, yeah, let's, get, let's, get, let's, go, uh, let's go Phoenix. <laughs> I'd like to see Chris Paul get a ring. That'd be good. Good for him. Yeah, um, sure. I like I like rooting for those guys who play at a high level, but play for shitty organizations. Play for the Hornets for years. That's that's a rough go. That's a rough go. You know what I mean? He was a like, Clipper for a minute. Yeah, great with, with a non-ability shooting. <laughs> oh wait, what about what about that time with uh with, with Houston? Houston? Yeah, that's where, his fault. He where, sucked. Yeah. yeah, he got hurt. If, and if like, he didn't oh, wait, get hurt, if he didn't get yeah, hurt, they would have won that series, yeah. and then LeBron would have had another ring. But instead. Okay, anyway. Right. Let's shift here. Let's go to the squared circle. Let's talk wrestling. Uh, we got some WWE shows that we have to review, um, oh, yeah. I guess. Okay. Um, let's do Vengeance Day first because I think that's going to take less time because let's be real. Um, but while you're doing that, Mike, while you're looking that up, though, real quick thoughts on the debut of Keith Lee and Jay White. I have two very, very different opinions on both <laughs> debuts. Um, um, I thought I thought they were both fine oh well jay white's was kind of wild i didn't know jay white was awesome. yeah, jay white was, was wild awesome. keith lee is um expected <laughs> yeah it was like everyone I, and their mom knew it was keith lee yeah and so i was like that was cool well, it's and funny then, you replied to my tweaks i said if the surprise is keith lee it's not a surprise neither would it be if it's killer cross and then literally five minutes later you go but is jay white a surprise and i was like fair and then Keith Lee did, but I go, that's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, not that. Yeah. Um, but no, the Jay White thing's cool. I know he's not signed. He's going to be here for a little while. I know he's still doing work with Impact. That's huge. I think he is the biggest guy they could possibly get. Him and Osprey, we talked about pre-show, but Osprey ain't coming. So yeah. Jay White, I think if he ever wanted to make the jump and leave New Japan for WWE or AEW, he would immediately become a top three guy. Yes. Immediately. Just his, his, he works in American style. He's got great pro. He delivered a promo. I don't know if you saw this on impact last week. You probably didn't but like, I, I just had it on. Cause I found out that I actually have the channel for them. And I want, he delivered a phenomenal promo on Carl Anderson and doc. Gale. like building towards a six man tag, like for on their next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. I was like, Holy crap. Like just, 
phenomenal. I don't think we realize how good he is promo wise because in Japan, you know, he's always talking, he's out of breath and shit. But like, he's phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, he's always has, 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 breathe uh, with a switchblade, uh, and you're like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> that was, like, I, I don't know. That Wrestle Kingdom 14 yeah. promo was like the greatest promo of all yeah. time, and I, he was I, out about the entire yeah. time. But like. His promo for building towards a six-man tag at whatever pay-per-views they call them now, Hard to Kill or some shit, like, was, like, another level. I was like, damn, that's really yeah. freaking good. So he, if he decides to go wherever he goes, he's going to get paid a bunch of money. He'll be a top guy. All right. Um, Keith Lee, for me, was like, meh. It was fine. Never had a problem with his athletic ability or his wrestling ability. Yeah, I just he, think he's he'll, gonna he'll probably, uh, he'll probably uh, win the, the ladder thingy. Oh, at Revolution, because oh, yeah, that, that, that was yeah, he's right? qualifying for it, so he's gonna win. He's probably gonna so win that. Gonna, he wins the qualifying, then the very next dynamite, he gets the title shot and loses to Sammy Guevara clean, like Scorpio Scott did. Yeah, and then he'll probably uh, go off into the yeah. in the okay. AEW sunset. Okay, let's go. Let's talk whatever. about Vengeance Day because anyway, yeah, this is a show. NXT Vengeance Day because who who needs takeovers anymore when you have yeah. TV specials. Um, well, when you pull, you look at this card and you go, I'd rather it be on TV than <laughs> worry about TakeOver. Good Lord. Don't sully the TakeOver name with this garbage. Yeah. Um, so we got the – we're going to start with matches. I just don't know who people are to yeah. people I, I, I have an idea. Yeah. So we got the NXT Women's Tag Team title match. We got the Toxic Attraction, yeah. Gigi, Dolan, and JC Jane yeah. versus Indy Hartwell and Persia. Parati. Yeah, I Parada. love, I love Toxic Attraction low-key. I think both of them are actually – Pretty yeah. darn good, actually. Uh, they're also gorgeous, which helps. Uh, toxic attraction. Toxic just, attraction. Just, just take yeah. my word. I, I would. I would believe this you would because be that's the Mandy. That's the Mandy Rose faction, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. If, if Candice LeRae was still here, I think she'd be in this spot with Indy still, but because she's having a baby, that makes more sense. That. Yeah. So I don't really see a reason to take the title off. Uh, we got a wep- really good. Yeah, we got a weaponized steel cage match. That sounds awesome, by the weaponized. way. Like it's weaponized. Yeah. That, that guns, flamethrowers, all nine <laughs> yards. We got Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo. I'm gonna assume Tony D'Angelo wins. Here's the thing. So D'Angelo won a match not that long ago against Pete Dunn, like a no holds barred dealy, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought Pete Dunn and Champa were just gonna go to the main roster after they put people over clean, but they're still hanging around. So oh. I have no idea. So. I would I, I would tend to agree, but I think Pete Dunn gets his win back actually. So I'm gonna say Pete Dunn right, just so, because so, of their fifty. So you, I was gonna say okay, cool. Because D'Angelo got a win earlier on te- on television, right? It was right after Braun won the NXT title, right? So I was like, okay, Pete Dunn's gonna finish out, get this Tony D'Angelo guy a big win, mm-hmm. and then they're both gonna come to Raw, whatever. And yet they're working main events, they're working pre, they're working dark matches, but they haven't debuted yet. So I'm like. Does Pete Dunn get a win here now because of it? Or do they just keep burying him before they put him on the main roster? Because that seems like a smart decision. Yeah. Don't get it. But okay. Uh, we got the Dusty Yikes. Rhodes Tag Team Classic 2022 final match. Oh, I like this. We got MSK versus yeah. the Creed Brothers. Dude, have you watched? You need to go and watch these Creed Brothers, dude. Yeah. They're I, I watched the I watched the first one. Yeah. I didn't watch the semifinal. I like them a lot. I definitely think the Creed Brothers win. Yes. MSK won last year, yes. and they're going to win. Thousand percent. Yeah. They had a phenomenal match against the Grizzled Young Veterans, and I love. You know how much I love those guys yeah. too. These dudes are legit badass. Like they're just they're just guys. And this is the thing that WWE is always going to have over AW in this sense, where WWE can find just freak of nature athletes, and then they can train them to be awesome mm-hmm. in in ring. Right? Like yeah. they're just big former amateur wrestlers who are just legitimately freaks of nature. Yeah. I 
love this tag team. Okay. Love them so much. I can't wait for them to be tag champs. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, the Creed Brothers win. Yeah, I think, I think I I I This match is going to be the match of the night. Yeah, probably. Book that now. Um, you got uh, Carmelo Hayes taking on Cameron Grimes for the North American title. This will also be very good. Yeah, Carmelo Hayes, I hope, wins. Um, I'm actually going to say Cameron Grimes gets the win here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to – because, you know, Carmelo just unified the two titles, right? Yeah. Through the way it's gone and all that stuff. But I think Cameron Grimes is super popular. I think he's super yeah, he over. And it would not shock me to see him win. I'm going to yeah. take Cameron Grimes. Okay. I just say Carmelo Hayes more, but I that's like just no, no, I, that's personal. Like, I, I like both guys a lot. I think it's going to be a great match. But I just think that – Person, just I just think it's his moment. Yeah, put it that way. And then we got our main event. I'm just yeah. gonna call it the main event. It's an NXT title match. Uh, yeah. We got Braun Breaker take out Santos Escobar, and Braun Breaker wins by clean. The clean. Yeah, very easily. Cool. I like the fact though that they're kind of introducing some other people into this though. I think Champa came out. I think Ziggler came out too. I think they're really gonna once again. Braun Breaker, dude, is a star. Yeah. He's a star. It's going to happen whether you people like it or not. The dudes, are, if, if we're being completely honest, now this NXT 2.0 thing, clearly not as good as NXT used to be, right? We can all agree on that. However, if I'm looking at some of these guys that they are developing and shooting to the moon right now, Carmelo Hayes could be on Raw tomorrow and nobody would bat an eye. Uh, Braun Breaker, future world champion, book it now. Mm-hmm. And um, the Creed Brothers and some of these other guys, like, I'm all for it, dude. These guys are freak athletes, and I think they have the ability to put on great matches. Now, it helps that Malcolm Bivens is a great talker, which makes me, and I love the Diamond Mine gimmick as yeah. a whole, which is really good. Um, but yeah, they got some stars in NXT 2.0. It, mm-hmm. it, they're coming, whether you like it or not. Okay. I, I will believe you yeah. to the utmost respect. Damn right. Damn right. Um, okay. So we will now talk Elimination Chamber. Uh, let's see. This is in uh, Saudi Arabia. This yeah. is on Saturday, just Thankfully. so you know. Thankfully. Uh, it's on the 19th. Good. I thought it was next Sunday, but it's yeah. next Saturday night. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. okay. We'll be able to talk about the actual results then next week. Yeah. Which will be good. Um, all right. So we're going to open with um, – just a regular tag match, I guess. We got Naomi and Ronda Rousey taking out Charlotte Fair and Sonya well, Deville. Ronda's in the match. So. Yeah, so. We all know how that's going to Yeah, go. so Ronda's going to win. Yeah, pretty much. And it'll be fun. Next, Sonya Deville taps quickly. Very, very fast. I will uh, say this, man, this card as a whole, though, doesn't look that bad considering that it's kind of a lame duck show in front of Mania. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's not very bad, actually. Yeah, like, I like looking at it objectively, you're going, okay, like, yeah. it's not going to be great, but it could be. A hell of a lot worse. Yeah. We got a false count anywhere match between Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. Okay, McIntyre uh, wins clean there. McIntyre's yeah. a fun yeah. one. Just to get a win back for him. Yes. Just getting back, in the, getting back in shape. Yep. Uh, we got the SmackDown tag title match. We got the Usos taking on the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Um, I would assume the Usos win because I don't yeah, see this, why not. Well, but... yeah, this is the thing. This match just came out of nowhere. They just announced that it was a tag title match. I was like, okay, so there's... Yeah, okay, there's nothing Usos there. Win. Yeah, yeah okay. so Usos win. Yeah, that's I don't like it when they do that. That's that's the only thing I don't like. Like AEW has done a very good job of never putting just a random match on pay per view before. Yeah, where they're like, no, no, there's there's something invested on everything here. They do that. I so I, well. I think I think AEW's ranking system helps, helps a lot a with lot. that yes. because it's like even if it is like because like they Jurassic Express had like 
and it's not paper, but like the the gun club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like the gun club were like the number two ranked undefeated team this year or whatever, right, right, right. with air quotes around it. So it was like, okay, so it makes sense yeah. why they got, they a, got a match yeah, because sure. they were four yeah, well, and zero this year or whatever. And the thing is, the incentive is we well, got to watch AEW Dark, got to watch Rampage. Yeah, exactly. Win all these watch. matches, and you go, uh, and then you go, I don't really want yeah. to. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I believe I believe that they won four yeah. in a row. So let's yeah. see it. Uh, sure. But yeah, um, that's one thing I give. Like if the Viking Raiders had like a five and zero record this year, I'd be like, oh, well, okay, there we go. The t- remember, I don't remember. You may be too young for this, but like they used to do the top. Remember the top twenty five, power twenty five yeah. that WWE used to do. Yeah. Right. I used to really enjoy those rankings. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Triple H is on top because he's world, world champion, champion. Or, or he's down to three this week because Randy Orton's number one because Randy Orton got the best of him this week. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. Like, yeah. I always kind of enjoyed that, but mm-hmm. that's sidebar. Let's keep sidebar. Going. Uh, so we got the WWE Raw Women's number one t- uh, contender elimination chamber match. Okay. So I guess I have a question going into this. I don't know who the last person's gonna be. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. So we got so far we got Nikki I Ash. Yeah, we got Nikki Ash, Dewdrop, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Question Mark. The interesting thing about this is that I thought Bianca was a sure fire just I to win so this too. and to fight Becky. I thought so but too. if they're going to keep this a mystery right. through Raw... Now, if on Raw, they're just like, oh, here's a sixth person, and it's not anyone. If it's oh, like, oh, yeah. here it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. If it's, uh, what's her, Beth Phoenix or something, yeah. I go, okay, then Bianca yeah. probably wins. Right, right. But if this person's, like, legitimately going to be a mystery person until the show, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be, like, a Bailey or a Sasha Banks. And I'm like, all right, then one of them come in and win as a surprise entrant now. Yeah. So it's, like, one of those where if you I announce know, the person yeah. and it doesn't make sense, it'll probably be Bianca. What if? But it could be. Becky's mystery. not on the show, right? Yes, she is. She is? She's defending? Yes. Oh, never mind. She's fighting Lita. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm trying to forget. I was going to say, because the thing they could do would be kind of cool is that just Becky's the last one, and she just comes out last in the last pod. Oh, yeah, maybe. She loses to Bianca, and that's how you set, set it up. Match, right? yeah. It's like, I pinned you in the chamber. Like, Becky's idea is, I'm going to win the chamber. That way, I don't have to defend the title. I can pick my opponent, or whatever they want to do, right? Yeah. And then Bianca beats, beats her, her yeah. and then we're rolling. But yeah. Otherwise, yeah, so this... I have no idea. I'm still going to take Bianca, though, because I think that's going to be the best match we can get. Yeah. I'm hoping for Bianca because... Yeah. My sidebar hope is that you could just kind of do the two championship matches, and then you can maybe just throw Bailey and Sasha together in a match, mm-hmm. and you get three really good women's matches yeah, on there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I, I, I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if Bailey or Sasha enter in and win this also, Correct. but then you only leave the two, and then you don't really have a reason for the third women's match. Mm-hmm. And I think you should have a third women's match to get yep. more people on. Um, I, I miss Bailey a lot. Yeah, she was doing some great, great work. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna go Bianca. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm but the mystery person could throw. If a it's Bailey, out. I'm gonna root for Bailey. Let me put it that way. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Becky Lynch, we'll just hit right there. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch, Lita. Becky Lynch wins, but I think Lita will give you a good match out of it. Yeah, I think it'll be solid. You know, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like I, I can dig. This is if if you are going to do the celebrity or the Hall of Famer or the legend matches. These are the types of shows you need to do them on because yeah. they're throwaway pay-per-views where you get people eyeballs on it, right? You you have them on Raw for the whole week, you know, the four weeks before, you know, similar to the Goldberg thing where when you have these legends on here like that, it makes people go, man, what if we got that just that little bit of nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, New Age Outlaws won the tag titles on the pre-show. You go, oh my gosh, New Age Outlaws mm-hmm. won the tag titles, right? Yeah. What? Oh man, what, dude, I'm gonna see Lita. Yeah. Lynch. I never thought I'd see this, yeah. knowing. In the back of your mind, clearly Becky's going to win, but like I never thought I'd get this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really smart play by WWE in the lead-up to Mania. Yeah. 
Uh, we got the Universal Title match: yep. Reigns and Goldberg, which Reigns will just Reigns. decimate yeah, Goldberg. Gonna, yeah, Goldberg's gonna hit a spear early, and everyone's gonna lose their minds. Yes, and Goldberg's gonna go. He's gonna spin up for the title. He's gonna spin up for the title. Yeah, and then everyone's gonna kick out at two, and Pat McAfee's gonna be amazing. He's Pat McAfee's gonna, gonna be like, he just got thrown down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I think this match should be relatively good, considering it's gonna be quick. Yeah. And that's always good when it comes to I also think it's a shame that Shinsuke not, is not on this. And Pat McAfee can't dance to Shinsuke's I music. Know, I know. It's very unfortunate. I don't know why they didn't just wait and do this Intercontinental title match on the show. But Oh, by the way, Sami Zayn's your Intercontinental champion. Yeah. There are a few That'll guys. On fr- like, oh, wait. That's a spoiler. It didn't I, happen yet. Yeah. It happens no, on Friday. Right, Come yeah. on. They already announced on the on the on their website even. Oh, they already said, by the way, new champion crown. Tune in to front. Yeah. They do it because I think they try to get ahead of the fact that they're going to get ruined anyway. Yeah. Like when Edge cashed in on Taker, they just said Edge is the new world champion. Tune mm-hmm. in on Friday to see how it happens. Yeah. Like, um, but there are certain matches like that though that I think I enjoy more than anything because I'm like, I'm not upset either way. Like if Shinsuke retained, I'd have been thrilled. If Sammy's, I love Sami Zayn. I think he's great. So I'd be like, Okay, this is good. Now, Can we just have these guys as Intercontinental Champion forever? Yeah. Totally now, there's cool. a very scary report out there that no they want to throw in Johnny Knoxville for the IC title match for Sami Zayn. No, thank you. And that makes me very that. sad. I don't want that. Now, if you're doing a six-way ladder match for the IC title and you want to put Knoxville in there, totally fine. Yeah. Because yeah. he's not going to win it. Yeah. So that's fine. And make him have a ladder bump. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? He's crazy, right? He's like, do something like that. I never – I'm. if you are going to have a celebrity – or a uh, Hall of Famer ever come in, there's always two rules of thought. Number one, he never wins the world title. You know, two, if he's going to win a championship, it needs to be a tag title with somebody that you're boosting. Mm-hmm. If you jack him and comes in and teams with Zack Ryder to win the tag title, all power to you. Yeah. And then our supposed main event, because I'm just going to assume it's going to main event. Who knows these days what show's going to be about these days. I would hope so. Good Lord. Um, we you got... couldn't have more star power than this match. <laughs> you really couldn't. Goodness uh, you got Austin Theory, Riddle, Seth Rollins, AJ Theory. Styles, uh, Bobby Lashley is the champion, and then Brock Lesnar, because I try to go the least important to most important person. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Bobby's to like, like, second. Son of a, just beat him for the damn title, nonetheless. Uh, Good lord. So I think this match goes one of two ways with the same outcome. <laughs> either, okay. either, either Lesnar opens the match and just beats everyone within oh, the five-minute pods that they come in. That's unfortunate. Or he comes in sixth yeah, and, and beats the crap out of <laughs> all five of them. Yeah. It's, it's one of the two. I don't know which one would be funnier, but Lesnar wins. Yeah, I think – yeah. I mean, it, listen, if we're going title versus title, let's lean into it hard, I guess, and we're going to get that face-off to end the show. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, then why did you – you didn't need him to beat Bobby then. Like, Not you really. You know what I mean? It, it's just – because here's my the part the thought we always had too right is okay if you want to go title versus title fine but then have a title match to get there right like let's let's throw some intrigue in there you know yeah. what I mean like okay Brock's got to go through both people yeah. to get to Reigns I think I think it was, I think the funny thing is is when you're looking back at the Rumble yeah. now and you're like they really. We're like, okay, so you got the really WWE no champion, idea. you got the Universal champion. We are like, okay, so here's like, I could, I could see the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, so the winner of the Rumble goes to Mania and challenges someone, and we want Lesnar Reigns champion versus champion. So we got to get away for one of them to lose the title to enter in the Rumble, so they can win the Rumble 
without being the champion right. so they could challenge someone. But then we need that guy to also win the title back so he can make a champion for a champion. What's the way we do it? And, and this is the way they right. came up yeah, with it. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, and we get a dream match, Lashley and Brock. People will like that. Yeah. And then we can bring Goldberg back, and that way we get that match we should have got at Mania two years ago. Yeah, and we get that way here. Reigns beats Goldberg now, so Reigns is super duper. Yeah, like I could see, nobody beats Goldberg. I could see in their writing room, yeah. they were like, this is just the greatest idea we've ever listen, come up with. Here's the thing. And then when they're executing it, everyone's like, this is so if stupid. If you would have told me at the begin at the end of WrestleMania last year, the main event of WrestleMania this year is going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, title versus title. I said that's a great main event. Yeah. The problem is, is how we got here has been very convoluted and stupid. That's the problem, right? And I think sometimes WWE gets this thing where it's like, well, at the end product, you're going to like it. I go, yeah, that's fine, but you didn't need him to have him win the freaking Rumble then. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, you could have easily had your star challenge Brock or Roman night one, and then we get it night two. Mm -hmm. Still, right? Or... At the end of the day, you know it's going to be title versus title, and that's what we've been teasing this entire time. But, okay, but Brock's got – like, Brock and Roman are going to both fight on night one. Roman's got to get through Drew. Brock's got to get through AJ before, and then, mm -hmm. right, either way, blah, blah, they blah. Just don't, they just don't like running – God bless it. They don't like doing what New Japan does and having, like, back-to-back yeah. guys working two nights. Like, they're just like, you're working one night. Yeah, I know. And it. I go, like, it's the one show a year where, like, you need to put your balls on the line here and let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Brock wins here. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things where I go. I, I think this chamber could be really good if it's given the time. Yeah, I think know. I think if you want a good chamber match, I think you do the latter way that I said, where yeah. Lesnar just comes out six yeah, and kills everybody. Because at least the first like twenty minutes can be an entertaining match. I think Lesnar just going around like Shayna Baszlering it like two three years ago will just not be fun and kind of boring. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, like I said, I think this I think this show is not going to be great, but I, I I'm going to give them credit because I think trying to doll this up as much as possible I think mm. was the right way to go. Yeah. Lita coming over, Goldberg coming in, giving them credible quote unquote credible challengers going into it. Right, gives you just enough star appeal. The chamber's loaded. On, on both sides, I think the raw the the women's chamber is pretty loaded too with stars. Yeah. Right? Is, they don't they didn't have a I guess both Rumble winners chose a SmackDown person though. That makes sense. I was yeah. like, they don't have a SmackDown yeah, chamber. Yeah, really in hard on the Fox situation. Here. Yeah, like, but I was like, I was like, I was gonna say, but like Lesnar and Rousey both won in challenge for the SmackDown title, so I guess they don't need yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a chamber for that. But I was right. like, that's weird. That usually it's like the the women's one goes for one side, mm -hmm. the men's one goes for the other, yeah. and then they have chambers for both. Size the champion, like the titles are just both on the line in the chambers every year anyway. Like, yeah, that was Triple cool. H wins the chamber, and now he's facing Orton for the title. And you're yeah. like, oh, that you're one. like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, sure. Coolest one ever was the Edge one though. Loses the world title or loses the yes, title yes. and then wins the world title. That was, that was, I was well like, fun. that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's pretty neat. I like that. Now, if it was Lesnar doing that, I'd hate it. But that's fine. I'll show, I'll show my sense. <laughs> hey, we pitched the idea. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but true. that was before I knew title for style was still on the table yeah on the table for sure yeah absolutely all right that's gonna be it for this week's show guys next week we're gonna be talking obviously we're talking the follow-up from the super bowl we're gonna be talking elimination this elimination chamber right we'll be able to yeah. talk about that as well talk about we'll review those the vengeance day stuff hopefully we're gonna start to see a match card come around sooner or later for revolution too that we can review here in the next couple yeah. weeks i would i would assume within the next week or two yeah it we're starts to really fun matches um and then obviously we're gonna kick off the nfl offseason the only way we know how with a beautiful delicious NFL mock draft. Yeah. So that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck's own Mike Merkel. I'm the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.